podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Part two thirty, no, two fifty three. Uh, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's a vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Ooh, very nicely done. Uh, yeah. indeed. Uh, that's the voice of an Endicott. But it's Travis Endicott. Woohoo, back again. Back again. Glad. How long has it been since you've been on the pod? Mm, earliest this season, at best. I don't even know if I might have done... Yeah, I don't too think long. I've done it's one this season. Long. It's been you too long. You've definitely done this season. Yeah. I have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right, there we, let's clear that one up. Definitely, uh, or not since Christmas, at least. Yeah, yeah, not since Christmas. This year. Yeah. Wow. The first well, one in 2018. Well, you were yeah. here in New Year's Eve, though, weren't you? No. Weren't you? No. I mean, maybe I, maybe I should, yeah. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't trust that. Who's the little blonde fellow who's here New Year's Eve then? Street? No. No, I wasn't here. Anyway, Kevin Day? Hello, I've, I've never felt so old. This is, <laughs> the, this is the youngest pod I've ever done before in my life. It's terrible. Because our other guest is uh, Harry House, Daily Star. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, I'm well. Good. It's my, uh, my third appearance, hat trick. So Already? Hat trick. Soccer AM, they normally give you a, a football, so <laughs> I'm waiting for my gift. Uh, do you want this? <laughs> can of Tisky. I brought this myself. He bought that himself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate. Uh, we were at, uh, we were in Poland together just a short while ago. That's the Tisky leagues. Mm. I think well, it's, I think FYP it's FYP official title. Tisky tour. leagues. Yeah. Tisky. We, oh, we should do an FYP European tour. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's let's talk about Palace beating Brighton. Yay. <laughs> 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 um, Obviously, big result in terms of the relegation race, Kevin, and obviously big result beating our rivals. But does it feel a bit? Feels a bit flat, doesn't it? What in what way? I don't know. What? I just were you not in the pub afterwards? <laughs> well, no, I was flat. Yeah, it feels like you're at MK Dons. I was at yeah, MK Dons only, for the whole ninety f- minutes. Only flat in that I'm just about getting over there. <laughs> still on over. No, we still. Well, the, the bizarre thing is, of course, that we spoke. All last week we kept trying to say, well, it's just another game, the three points is more important, the fact that it's Brighton is neither here nor there, but of course that's not true when you get in the ground. <laughs> the atmosphere was fantastic. The last five minutes is probably as nervous as I've ever been. The last 20 it? minutes. Well, yeah. <laughs> the last, lucky, I'm normally, I'm very good at injury time, but I got it completely wrong. So when he blew for, I thought he was blamed for a free kick. So when he blew, that was a final whistle. I was <laughs> nearly, but I, I missed Glenn Murray's goal line clearance because I was facing the home cell <laughs> for the last five minutes. But no, I've, I'm sure we will discuss the fact that it was a what started off as a brilliant performance. There were definitely flaws defensively, but no, I couldn't have been more happy after the game. I was so, and not yeah, the points were great, but the fact that we beat those people 
it's just was fantastic. It, well, Travis, was it too yeah. was it too nervous at the end to enjoy it, or did that actually add to it? Because I hate those kind of games. And then it was a it was a game of a game of two halves completely. And if it was the other way around, no no in the first half and three two in the second, maybe you would have walked away a bit more buzzing from it. But the fact you had your backs against the wall for the last twenty minutes, knowing that they could have scored on two or three occasions, I think so. It went through the back of Glen Murray's mind a couple of times. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, they um they could have scored the third easily. At, at points, but um, we got away with it. There was that one uh, block by Sacco, yeah. you know, and those those little things can lift the crowd. But it was um, Hennessy as well. Good game in the second half. He certainly helped out. But you know, they they could have done it, didn't. But I think that last twenty minutes being so difficult is the reason why it felt a bit flat afterwards. But you know, what can you do, but, Harry? That, I mean, it was three two, and obviously Brighton could have equalised. You know, they had that had that chance. But two. Had, Brighton are not a very good team. No. Are they really? They, they weren't particularly good, no. And to be honest, looking at their, their fixtures, I was looking at theirs and Huddersfield's, and the only reason they're not going down is because the gap now is too big from Southampton and Stoke. Because before last night, I said, I can't see Brighton get another point this season. They managed to get a point against Tottenham. Yeah. But they're not a good team, and I think it shows how tight it is and how bad most teams have been this year that they're probably going to stay up just because... Southampton and Stoke can't really catch them. Well, and the fact that we watch- gave teams a seven-game head start and we're still yeah. staying up. But if you watch the West Ham Stoke game as well, I, I it's just two appalling, mm. just two very poor sides. But yeah. I, I think I, I slightly disagree with Travis. I, I, I they had three or four really good chances in the second half. But and even though I was nervous, it never felt. It wasn't like Tottenham. You never felt. Oh yeah, yeah. To score. Yeah. It wasn't like. Well, right, they didn't have that seat. quality on the pitch, they, they, but they, they still. But, but I thought the first. I thought after fifteen minutes, I thought everything I'd fantasised was. Mm-hmm. It, was just, it was just Kate Bush short oh, of the perfect a... fantasy as far as I was concerned. But I thought they were intimidated by the atmosphere at the, oh, yeah, the start. I thought they were... Well, it was by far Kate the most Bush exciting perfect, out of the, the three games this season. Fantasy. Oh. I, yeah, yeah I, by far the most exciting <laughs> one. Yeah, and I thought they were intimidated by the atmosphere at the start. And uh, it's just, But again, Sacco, I mean, Sacco's great, but it's so many... Three or four times he ducks under the ball. Somebody you think mm. somebody in front of him is going to clear that, it, and he ducks under it, which yeah. is how the ball ended up at that Morris chance. If he, if he scored that, Saka would have been uh, yeah. crucified. We'd probably be talking now, saying, yeah. should, should we drop him?" Kind of thing. Because and he, he was because and for the first goal, he was so bullied by Dunk for the first yeah. goal, totally bullied Ridiculous. by Dunk. And well, Wardy, I mean, Wardy was at fault for the second goal. So and that it, yeah, looking at it dispassionately, because they had Brighton had only scored seven goals away from home all season, and three of them were, or four of them were really? at West Ham. Yeah, yeah, three at West Ham. So they almost doubled what they scored. So the two goals away, from their point of view, is really good. So that's that's what we have to well, look at. On Sacco, then, because I feel like in the last few pods we have sort of talked about Sacco a bit. He he is going through a bit of a, a patch, isn't yeah. he? And and sh- I mean, that's Harry alluded to. Should he be dropped? I I think. I think one of the reasons Hennessy's looked stronger in the last couple of games is because he's got a settled centre-back pairing in front of him. And I thought Hennessy was really good on Saturday. He's better in the air. He's more decisive coming off his line. But Sacco looks like a, a goal a game at the moment. because it's, it's. I mean, that block was astonishing. That was a yeah, fantastic but, block. And he yeah, will no, pull that out of the bag yeah, once he, every game, but no at right the same time. That, but again, the, 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 the only reason Glenn Murray had the ball at his feet was because for some reason Sacco decided to duck. I think that... I mean, that highlights the block and then the mistake for the Murray chance yeah. probably highlights why he's at a team like Palace and why he's yeah. not at Liverpool and why yeah, big teams point. don't want him because he's prone to that error yeah. and ever since day one when he had that fantastic six months last season and completely 
grab the team by the scruff of the neck. My dad always said in in every game he'll he'll make a dodgy pass or do a, do a skill in his box or something, you know, try and cut back, and it's he puts himself in danger far too much. Well, we've got and obviously the thing, yeah, the thing is we've got we've kind of got used to that, and that was almost endearing. But what he's doing at the moment is just really obvious defensive errors, particularly in the yeah. air. Mm-hmm. The same Bournemouth was the same when he was one of four players who went for the same ball. Again, as I said, three or four times he ducked underneath, and I don't know whether that's a lack of communication between him and Tompkins or with the keeper. Or in a way, because of, because of the leadership he brings and because of the organisation he brings, that and just the sort of confidence, the backline, is that something you just have to compromise with those errors? Well, a little bit. I think you you gloss over them because we won the game. Simple as that. And you come away thinking, oh, good old, man, that's what he does, you know. But mm. if that had, you know, if we if Murray had scored that one, then. I think there would be a lot more questions to ask. I don't think he'll ever be dropped, as simple as that, but mm. I still don't think we've fully solved the problem what the best centre-back pairing is because for some reason Tompkins doesn't look as confident with Sacco as he used to last season when they played together. Mm. Although Tompkins, Trav, has obviously been a revelation this season. I mean, he's... Arguably one of the, one of the players of the season. He's going to be in the... Yeah, definitely. Will, Luca and Tompkins. Yeah, I, think yeah, I don't think anyone could to. argue with that yeah. at all. He's been fantastic. Yeah. How much were we getting for? Was it ten million? From yeah. It was a complete. St- I was talking about this with my dad last night, thinking how West Ham missed this guy so much. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea why they let him go. Yeah, he's been brilliant. Yeah. Um, someone mentioned Ward. I think it was you, Kevin, uh, who obviously came in for um, Wamasaka. Andy Street has asked me to pass on a message to say, "How would you like to pay him the fifty quid that you bet him that Ward would never play for Palace again?" I didn't. I <laughs> next season. I said. And he seems to think that you made this bet. And, and it was a fiver, <laughs> which is a typical lawyer. Yeah, I think the, the Wan-Bissaka thing was it. I was at a charity fundraising thing last night that Roy Hodgson was at. And he was asked about Wan-Bissaka because I think that was the main talking point in the pub beforehand. Rumours were, were coming off the training ground on Friday that he wasn't going to play. And I think that was the main talk. But Roy was very interesting last night. He said that in his experience, you get a young player coming in from the from the academy or from the youth team and he says after four or five games it tends to show in their legs when they're, you know, it's a massive step up to Premier League football he does a lot of running but he also said in terms of the fans he said he thinks after four or five games fans start to judge them differently like the first four or five games ago you know, he's one of our boys you know, they don't he said after four or five games they start looking at him as an adult player and he thought that it was time to sit him down for a bit and let him miss this game and he said Wardy was looking good in in training, it was unfortunate, of course, that he made such a, a glaring error. But he just, I think we missed his his pace up and down that, up and down that side. And his so do we think that seconds. was the wrong decision from Roy? Even though you can kind of see why he's made that for those reasons. Again, if we'd lost the game three two, I'd be saying it was absolutely the wrong decision. But I mean, that was poor defending from Joel Ward, and it's clearly looked a bit rusty. Um, but Travis, as a young players, are these the games that they want to play in, or actually taking them out of the kind of the high profile games? Like this? Is that is that a good idea? Well, he's played, like? well, he's, all the games he's played so far have been high profile, yeah. to be honest. So this is only high profile in, start, in a different, different way. It's the yeah. atmosphere, it's the pressure of the expectancy of the fans. He's not really expected to, you know, if the team doesn't keep a clean sheet against City or Tottenham or United, you're not going to get. You know, you're going to be blamed for that, but against a team like Brighton, if he was there and had made the same mistake as Ward had done, you're kind of thinking, and yeah, you, and you don't want to put him under that. And he's already, you know, he had that one against Bournemouth where, you know, you can see slight little tendencies of naivety and things like that. And you're thinking maybe it's best just cut this, well, you know, while it's good. 
mm-hmm. instead of damaging his confidence and potentially killing something that could be good. Well, Roy, Roy mentioned that Bournemouth mistake because he said, you know, he, the public apology, he said he was worried that he might try too hard to atone for that mistake and make up for it. And, but, and he's log- he said, logically, if you've got a player who's played 200 more games than Juan Pesaka and he's fit, then you, mm-hmm. in a massive game like that, then you play him. But, but as Travis said, it's sort of, it's kind of odd that he's played against Liverpool, Man U, Chelsea, mm-hmm. And then that game's too big for him. But it is, in a way, I suppose it is. That is the biggest game of them all in terms of the, the Palace fans. Roy sees it, Harry, as his sort of part of his ongoing development. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it's easy to highlight the mistake from Ward, but I think, I can't remember exactly, but I think Hodgson said in his interviews after the game that uh, he put Ward in there for kind of his defensive ability because I feel like he's probably a better defender than wan And that last 20 minutes when we're under the cosh and they're piling balls into the box... Ward's probably much better at dealing with the aerial threat. So if Wambasaka was playing, then maybe they they could potentially have scored from that. So it's mm-hmm. it's hard, obviously. And he could have. I feel like I've seen people blaming him for the second goal as well because he could have maybe got in front of Murray. Oh, sorry, the first goal. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's easy to blame him for one mistake. But he didn't have a bad game other than that, really. I think it's harsh to blame. I mean, the only real person to blame for that that was. Sacco, wasn't it? it was, like, they highlighted it on Chris Kamara on Sunday morning. It's like it's, it's really interesting. He said, I, "I thought the referee was good." But he said other referees would have either given a free kick to Palace or a penalty. Well, but was, he there, said, was there a push by Dunk? Two. There was. They were, was but they were. But it's like you know, Kamara and Tim Cahill were going, "Well, that's going on in the penalty area all the time, and it's the yeah. centre back shouldn't be pushed off mm. the ball by the yeah. other centre back, even though Dunk's big." Mm-hmm. He said that shouldn't be happening. He said, "He said the referee clearly decided to let them get on with it." Mm-hmm. And I think nobody else would have expected Dunk to get the first header in. Uh, I half expected it to be dislodged. I thought Murray was an element of dangerous play. With the high foot, his foot was high. Yeah. It was close to. Yeah. It's always a great area that one, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. Brighton fans are furious at Murray for not celebrating, but it, it was two-one. They just got back in the game. He was trying to get the game he restarted. Sort of, I, I certainly saw the highlights because, again, I wasn't there. Um, but it looked like he sort of went to celebrate. Yeah, and then pulled back a little bit. Yeah. Then he didn't celebrate when he scored against them for us today. He's kind of. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy he's just, no he, he didn't he sent a few semi-provocative tweets after they knocked us out of the FA Cup though didn't he did he yeah I missed that was that the same yeah. one just uh, really pleased that oh. we'd, we'd lost we knocked those bastards out of the road yeah. quite that. Quite... <laughs> what, what are you doing at MK Dons by the way I was writing a feature on MK Dons how did that go it was alright actually yeah. <laughs> yeah it was good it was alright it was quite a nice club actually. how was Keith Miller he was good oh he mm-hmm. said hi Oh, does he? Yeah, he says oh, hi to oh, yeah, assistant, assistant manager. manager. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I saw him after the game. Yeah. He says hi to everyone on the pod. So how did you find out? Did you high-five him with the Palace score? Did you... No, well, I told him about the Palace score and he was happy. Oh, but, um, and then he says his first question was, being back to Steve's and had any more wine? Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, he yeah, says he, he passed on his best to everyone at Palace, actually. So, um, right. Let's go to the other end of the pitch. Because there was no Benteke, and it was Wilf and Andros in the in the double false nine mm-hmm. that Roy likes to uh, likes to employ. Obviously, it worked to an extent because Andros had another good game, and Wilf scored twice. But I spoke to Andy Street just before this pod, saw him briefly, and he was saying that that four two 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 is great going forward, but when you're defending, you can get dragged out and sort of leave gaps in the middle. Is that basically what happened on on Saturday? Yeah, mm. pretty, pretty much. It's it's again. This is something Roy was talking about last night. It's in, in, and he he promised virtually 100 percent that there will be a centre forward playing on Saturday. He didn't specify which one, mm-hmm. but in an ideal world, he wouldn't 
have them both playing that system. I mean, they hit upon it for the Chelsea game with Schlupp just behind and it, and it worked. But he said neither of the Townsend nor Wilf are particularly comfortable or adept at it. They, but it, it gives Brighton a lot of problems. Again, most people highlighted how you know, the centre-back simply didn't know mm-hmm. where to go. And for the first 10, 15 minutes, they couldn't cope with it mm-hmm. I mean, at all, could they? And the, did you see that interview with uh, Shane Duffy before their game last night? Mm-hmm. Where he basically said, I'd rather play against Harry Kane than Zaha. Really? At least I know the runs he's going to make, I know what he's going to do, yeah. but Zaha just freaks you out because he's everywhere. Well, that's, I think it was Chris Kamara who made the point about Wolf's headed goal. He said, if, that, if it had been Benteke, they would have known what to do. Yeah, they would have known how to mark him, how to stop him. And but you can't, you can't because, expect Zaha to head the ball. Well, that's exactly, <laughs> what, that's exactly what he said. Because like, no, they wouldn't have planned in training. They wouldn't have said, right, if Zaha drifts yeah, into the box, you true. you pick him up. Yeah. So that's why they didn't really know what to do. It's like the the fullback was with him. It's like, well, he's not going to win it in the air. Oh, he is, but he's not going to score with a header. Oh, he has. It's like, the last time Wilf scored a brace and a header. Uh, against Brighton, he, wasn't it? He scored a header in a cup game against Blackpool. Yeah. My cousin oh, told me. Did he? Did he? I think we beat him about four 0 He's not scored one in the Premier League. I completely. That was his I first Premier League header. Mm. What a wow. ball from Luca, though! Amazing. Mm. Ball. Oh yeah. yeah, what a pass from Amazing Luka. ball. Just on on Townsend then, Trav. Uh, we Most talked, improved we this about season. Top, then. Well, we talked about the top three, didn't we? But mm. Townsend, he's gone under the radar. He's gone under the radar completely. He's stayed kept fit as well, which is, you know, something that we haven't had all season. He's been something. I think this season on match the day, I think they mentioned that it's his. Uh, most top flight games played in the season mm. this season. Oh, really? okay. So he's had the like a long a long stretch in the team, mm. and it's it showed he's got a bit of consistency about his game now. He's he's looking he's not getting knocked off the ball as easily. His tracking back is always good. He's just one of those players that's there, and he, he's doing a job that nobody realizes he's doing half the time. And he, he, up front, he's made a massive difference, closing people down. Mm-hmm. He's he's all he's all over the place, but he's um. Yeah, very. And, it's, and he seems yeah. to keep his energy right to the end of the game as well. He's not one of those. Well, he's, he's always had that in him. That goal last yeah. season against West, West Brom. Yeah, yeah, he's always yeah. he's always had that about him, and he's always got that pace. Yeah, I mean, he is a bit of a one-trick pony with the step-over thing. You know what he's going to do then? And he, he's, he's, he's a bit of yeah. But that, that volley as well. If that had hit the back of the net. I don't know what that was. Oh, he took it down on his chest and volleyed it for about okay. 35 yards. He was a free kicker, a corner came back yeah. out to him. And he... Yeah. Is there a most improved? There is. I, I mean, not like, really most improved, but... team, used to be like most improved player, <laughs> but is there one at the Palais? No, no, there is, but... The who would judge that? Well, no, Can't the fans, but... Really? If there was one. Okay, if there was a most improved... Well, improve, not most improved, improve, improve, but the wrong <laughs> thing to say. Is that you wouldn't trust us to pick the most improved, would you? And as no, Harry says... Probably most consistent. <laughs> when I was, to be fair, when I was 14, I got awarded... Uh, or 15, I got awarded most versatile player. Most versatile. They nice. made up for me. Of course they did, Just yeah. to give me an award. Most likely to cry if he doesn't get an award. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, oh, keeps turning really up even though he doesn't get picked. It really was tough in Edenbridge, wasn't it, for you? Sorry, Travis, you were about to say... No, 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 mo- no, but no, mo- most consistent player, but I don't know, yeah, definitely under the radar this season, and definitely one that you know is a is a mainstay next year, one that you wouldn't want to not have in the team. Mm. If you if you went missing, you'd think, oh, actually, there, there's a, a gap now that needs to be filled. But when mm. he's there, you don't necessarily notice that mm. the job he's doing. If he, if he, he could add a, a few more goals, yeah, say, yeah, yeah, and more goals to his game, then he he if he scored five eight goals this season, he'd be right up there with talking about who would be player of the year. I think. I don't yeah. know what he's like assist wise this season, but um. Yeah, just add that in the same way that Zaha's added it this season. Mm-hmm. And you've got two a, dangerous wingers there. I didn't know this at the time, but it turned out watching Match of the Day and goals on Sunday that the free kick was a really well-worked free kick because they looked at the way Brighton defend corners. Okay. And they very rarely have somebody dropping onto the edge of the box for a short corner. Mm-hmm. And then for the second goal, uh, they had somebody, two players dropping short, so they just drifted it into Tompkins. 
It was did I hear right that we've now scored the most from set pieces or the most average from set pieces? I, don't I know, know that includes a lot of penalties. Someone it? said 45% of our goals this season. So, I guess that includes penalties. Yeah. So yeah. They're all going to be from Luca. Mm. But still, still, I can't remember that many from corners. No, me neither. It's still, shows how many penalties we got. Um, defending from set pieces still leaves a lot to be desired, though. Mm. I feel. I feel like earlier in the season under Roy, we were quite good at that, weren't we? Or mm. certainly, we were a bit more compact. So, what's? It can't just be the Sacco element, can it? No, because he was out for a lot of the. So what? Well, it's just happen? there's no nothing's ever hasn't been settled for a while. There's you need to have a settled defence and a settled back four and one that are playing regular games together. I would, out of the back fours we played all season, I don't think there's been a space of four games on the trot where the same four players have played together. Yeah. And in, yeah, most teams in the Premier League, the same centre-backs are there the whole, whole way through the season. So even Saturday, obviously, Ward came in. So that was a change. Yeah, it's just, it changes constantly. What would be, you know, next season, uh, assuming we stay up, touch wood, um, what would be your first choice back four the next season then? If, if you're looking for a consistent back four. Well, and assuming we're not going to buy other... De- yeah, assume we don't buy one, but assume that you've got Guaita in there if you if you need a keeper if Stoke Southampton and West Brom will go down there's a lot of quite decent mm, centre backs yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. goalkeepers yeah true up for sale yeah Alex but McCarthy <laughs> yeah Foster but uh, I mean on, on the current squad I would, well I would, Sacco's mistakes notwithstanding I'd I'd go Sacco and Tompkins or maybe Tompkins and Dan I don't know Van Arnold as well but Van Arnold definitely and probably Wan Bissaka next season I think Van Arnold's another one in fact talking about yeah, players that have gone, gone under the radar, the radar like, it's, but, well, especially improved. since yeah. Christmas yeah, well, they, <laughs> most improved yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially on yeah since Christmas and he popped up with a few goals didn't he as well yeah, yeah. Well, he always seems to do that he's always one of the highest scoring defenders in the league that as a back four if you know notwithstanding injuries and signings and stuff Harry that as a back four actually next season is a very solid very Premier solid yeah, if they could all keep fit I think Wan-Bissaka as if he had a pre-season as like a first choice right back yeah. could do so much for his yeah. development Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how far Dan is in his like, recovery but he's a solid backup and so we've, we've got options we just need him to Stay but, fit. Well, because Ray Lewington talked about Wambasaka last night because somebody said, you know, is he going to be a forward or a wing back? He went, no, he's a full back. Yeah, yeah. He said he's a natural defender. He really knows how to defend, and that's what they're working yeah. with him to be. Which I thought was quite interesting because with the pace he's got. Yeah. Well, it makes him a very modern fullback, doesn't it? That's true. And also, it's yeah. funny, isn't it? So many players that are full, that go on to be good fullbacks, no one ever starts as one. They're always wingers that get converted, or strikers or midfielders or something. What did you start as when you were most versatile? Uh, <laughs> or centre mid. Really? <laughs> or attacking to the mid? Really? This Sunday just gone. Ma- yeah. Man of the match, Cheshire Athletic. Three hat- position. Ha- right wing. What, in, of assist. in the old team, the 14 year olds, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> we won 5 0 away at a team called Land Rovers. I don't know why they called that. Um, anyway, on that note, <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's move on to part two. Part two is questions from our listeners. So, John's in a bit. Welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Hooray! Hooray! sponsored by Vector Printing for your print and embroidery needs. Go to Vector, the code UK. Vector with K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, very nice. Mm, right. Nice. Um, some admin for the start of part two. Right. Um, we, last week on the pod, I wore the Wolf Power t-shirt. You did. produced Wolf Power t-shirts. Um, we are giving away three. One on Facebook, one on Instagram, one on Twitter. Um, I was supposed to announce the winners today, but I haven't uh, 
Chosen them yet. So it's going to extend for another week. You've got another week to get involved. So get on Instagram, like the picture, get on Facebook, share it, get on Twitter and retweet it, and you'll be in the chance to win an exclusive FYP Wolf Power. What's the criteria for winning? You just choose the. We'll choose someone at random. Oh, I see. We've got three to give away, so we'll choose someone at random. So you didn't have time to choose anything at random today, then? No, I was busy. Could do it now. What are you doing? I can't do it now. <laughs> Live on the pod. Can we do it on the way home from MK Don's. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far from, from Milton Keynes to Hammersham. <laughs> anyway, um, we've also got. So, there are two games at the end of the season, two chances to play on the Celeste pitch. The first is play on the pitch from the Palace Foundation. We had Soy Briggs on last week, of course. Yep promoting that um that is on saturday the 19th of may two teams two legends leading the teams out sasa churchage and andy johnson and at fyp we are giving away the chance to play right back for sasa's team in the second half in the second half yeah uh we're gonna be giving away that place and we will give away details on how how that's going to happen? Well, basically, we're, ma- we're making a donation. Yeah. To take the, the foundation have given us the place for nothing, but it's to recognise the fact there's a lot of people out there who can't afford to bid in the auction because mm-hmm. their places go for quite a lot of money. So this is a chance for somebody who can't afford to but would like to mm-hmm. to take part. So yeah, uh, and. We would need to take it on trust from our lovely listeners <laughs> yeah. that anybody that gets nominated or applies for themselves generally can't afford yeah. to. It. So, so what uh, we're going to do is we're going to do something on Twitter and people yeah. will have to get involved in that. But if you know anyone who's a huge Palace fan who yeah. maybe can't afford normally to get involved that would like to, yeah. get them involved in this because it's a great chance for them to, yeah. to play at Celeste. And there's also the Play With The Legend uh, event, which is the next day, I believe, where Matt Janssen, Darren Ambrose, John Solarco, Clinton Morrison, they're all getting involved. I think this one's four teams or something. And we've got a 5% discount for uh, FYP oh, listeners. If you go to playwithlegend.com slash five-year plan and enter FYP5, you get a 5% discount on your bid for that place there as well. One of the things I love about Palace, <laughs> how many clubs would organise two <laughs> two games on consecutive days <laughs> with the chance to play with ex-Palace players the one day after the other? <laughs> um, three days after, uh, we're playing on it. Well, I'm not playing on it apparently, am I? Because Travis's dad and I have been told that we are of an age that we're not. You can be player manager if you want. Victims of it? No, no, no. You said manager. You said (laughs) said James Endicott and I could be old style tracksuit managers, you said. Could do, yeah. But we're not allowed on the pitch. Could be. Maybe we could raffle off a place in that as well. (laughs) What for your stag do? (laughs) (laughs) Chance to play alongside Andy Street. (laughs) Um, Okay. I I just worry about the fact that somebody's going to deliberately hurt you before your wedding I mean of everyone I've invited I'm, a, I'm like 98% sure that no one will do that James and I will because we're not allowed to play so one <laughs> <laughs> come near the bench it'll be fine you're um, not be I'm not going to leave the centre circle anyway have you seen me play you're not getting on <laughs> <laughs> if we're managing you're getting on <laughs> right questions from our listeners the first question is from Carl Hogan hi Carl, hi, Carl. and he simply says Zaha not in the Premier League team of the year Justified? No, he missed a fair bit. Yeah, of he's he been injured for yeah. a while. Uh, I mean, there's so many. It's a cliche, but there's so many good players in his position. So, but he was in the Premier League team of the week. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, <laughs> that'll do. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, most that'll in, do. most improved. Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> not it's quite hard. the same. You just sort of think about the list. There's a, there is a, yeah, a, a big list like, of players Stone above him. Yeah, that can, he's 
Yeah. Sterling did, well, he, well, Sterling didn't he scored, he scored about 22 goals this yeah, season he's, he's been so improved under Guardiola is it voted for by other players this team or who actually chose it I think it is I voted think this for is the one that's voted for yeah. community yeah if it were hmm. uh, pro- uh, probably people would argue that Wolf doesn't score enough goals but uh, yeah, we, but he's corrected that this season hasn't he really yeah. well he has but you know, compared to people who are scoring 40 goals or 25 goals or 20 goals then, true you know. yeah. if, there, if there was like an alternative team of the year most improves yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he'd be in it if there was an alternative you know maybe outside top 6 team of the year yeah he'd be in that surely or if you just had to pick a second 11 second to 11, play yeah. the team the of the year <laughs> yeah he'd be on the bench I think it's an indication we've talked about this before it's an indication of his status that I can't despite the gossip about Man City I can't see any of the top six thinking that he's better than players they've got mm. already mm. well okay that leads me into the next question from our old friend Pandarams101 hey Panda uh, who says I get the general consensus is that we don't stand in the way of Wolf moving on sod that in capitals I really don't want him to leave what do we do to make him stay Come on, lads. No one's leaving until we found the legal solution. <laughs> I like the idea we just stand in his way. <laughs> just, just get me and James Endicott, two big lads, to say, you ain't going nowhere, mate. There's, I, I, I think if we stay up, he stays with us. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. I mean, you, if we go down, which we won't, you can't expect him to stay. I've, the fact that he's not fighting for an England place is a, is a factor in our favour. Mm-hmm. He clearly likes playing with Roy I think hopefully we can persuade him that we've got a few big name players coming in mm-hmm. the thing is Harry that when he's playing like this he's always going to be linked you know trans, the January and the summer comes around he's always going to link to people the latest mm. one obviously as Kevin said is the Man City 50 million deal at some point surely if he keeps playing while keeps getting linked then he's he, he's going to maybe want to try and try it again at a top six club I th- yeah I think he will eventually and I think if, if it's this summer or in two years none of us can say no, you can't go. Like he des- he's earned this move. He's deserved it. I think at this moment in time, he's still, what is he, 25? He's still got six, seven years minimum yeah. at the top level. So mm-hmm. he's got ages. Mm-hmm. And I think at, at the moment, Man City, he's not going to get in Man City's team and Tottenham aren't going to shell out the money for him. I think a lot of it depends on, I was thinking about this earlier, Real Madrid, they're not going to, obviously they're not going to buy Wilf. But if you believe the tabloid stories, they're going to spend a lot of money this summer. Mm-hmm. So if they suddenly spend £200 million on Harry Kane, then Tottenham have got a lot of money to spend. Mm-hmm. Or if they buy Salah Good or point, Hazard, yeah. then suddenly they need to replace players. Yeah. So it could be like a big snowball effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Wilf is supremely talented. Why could he not go to someone eventually like Real Madrid or Barcelona? Or is that, is that too fanciful, given his raw natural yeah. talent? I think... I think sometimes we need to try and look at Wilf through the eyes of other football fans rather than as Palace fans. Mm. And my guess is that a lot of the fans of bigger clubs would be quite pleased if Wilf were to join, but not necessarily over the moon. I think in terms of a, a foreign club, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, he's, I know he's much younger than, but he struggled to settle down in Manchester. He doesn't mm. seem the sort of kid who'd be particularly happy... Uh, in Spain or Italy, um, I, I just I think he's 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 very 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 good, but he's probably not rated quite as highly as we think he should be by other teams. And is that and un- is that unfair? Mm, he's got everything going for him as well at us at the moment, and he is one of those players. You know, he's not the I hate to say it, but he's not the brightest crayon in the 
in the box at all. And I think he, he, he knows he's got a good thing going at the moment. He had that big setback and he hears all the talk and he listens to all the talk. And I think he knows that he's, he's the best player at our club. Mm. He knows that. He knows that we all love him. He, he, you know, he, he was trying so hard to build that rivalry intention before the, the weekend, you know, the games, Twitter in the morning, Instagram in the morning. Yeah. He understands what it means to play for the club. And I think, I think he thrives off the fact that we all know that he, he loves it as much as we do. And I don't think he's a player that will want to get rid of that at the moment while it's all going so perfectly well in his I think, world. I think five, five, ten years ago, you'd be thinking, oh, he wants to go because he wants to go for the money. He wants to go for a bigger wage, but we can now afford to pay him yeah. that much money. And unless someone's going to offer him 150, 200 grand a week, then he's not going to go for the money. And no one's going to pay him that much because he's not that high profile yet. Yeah. And I think five years ago, as we mentioned, he was he would have gone somewhere to get in the England team. But yeah. <coughs> I thought it was interesting that Hodgson partly blamed himself for him not being part of the England setup on a more regular basis. It's definitely Southgate's fault. But there's no. It, it's, it's like Harry said. It, it, I can't imagine him being first team, first choice in a team that's got regular Champions League football anyway. Mm. So, and why would he go to an Everton or a Newcastle or a West Ham when the chances are that hopefully next season we'll, we we said this four seasons running, but could be our breakout season. And yeah. there's actually a lot of elements going into it that actually make staying at Palace kind of the perfect. Yeah, but on the other yeah. hand, and Panda Arms is absolutely right. If he does go somewhere, then he can only go with Palace, fans, Palace fans' blessing, basically, and absolutely. it will give us a lot of money to spend on other players as well. I mean, if Man City were to offer us thirty million quid and a couple of players, you might think we'd, it's not particularly good. It's up. To, I mean, I don't know. We, none of us know whether Wilf's the sort of person who'd be happy to sit on a bench at a bigger club. It strikes me that he probably wouldn't. I, I think just he, don't think he would. I think he likes being the centre of attention. I think he yeah. likes being the best player the in the Palace I think team. he likes yeah. being the bigger fish in the little pond rather than yeah. the other way around. The Man United experience really plays into our hands. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it. I yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. That could happen to me again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, um, next question is from Alex Burt. Hi, Alex. He says, do you guys agree that was probably really? one. <laughs> that, and that's why people listen. That was one of the best attacking halves of football we've produced in ages. And a follow-up question. However, how do we achieve that type of attacking threat and intent without constantly conceding sloppy goals, which is what we've done all season? We should have been three or four nil up at half-time. Travis, is that just like something you kind of compromise if you're attacking that kind of openly? Uh, yeah, the done. formation that like we said earlier had a lot, a lot to do with that in the first half, and when it did tighten up in the second half, and we weren't pressing as much, we were a lot better. But you know, you need, like I said earlier, the injuries this season don't help things like that. It doesn't help unity. Mm. It doesn't help togetherness. It doesn't help you knowing that that guy's going to be making that run or not making that run. And by everyone playing in the same team more often together, I think those defensive things slowly tighten up and slowly. I wouldn't want to say sort themselves out because work has to go into it, but it definitely helps having a team that are there playing regularly together. And yeah, I mean, it's just... Well, also, it's kind of, unless you're lucky enough to be Liverpool when you've got almost a separate attack team, when you've got three players up front that you can kind of let them get on with it while the rest of the team defends, then it's always going to be difficult to strike the balance because part of the reason we were so good in the first 25 minutes is that Van Arnholt, for example, was, was getting so far forward on the left. And if the game, if the ball does break quickly, then we're short of numbers at the back and we haven't got a lot of pace in midfield to cover that. And you know, that's one of the reasons I would always pick Wan-Bissaka because he's got so much pace and re- recovery power. But you almost can't have both. It's almost impossible to say, right, you can have a brilliant attacking half 
and at the same time be completely solid at the back because it just there's only eleven players on the pitch, unfortunately. So yeah, even quite, under uh, our best under Allardyce, you know, when we you know the three 0 against Arsenal and games like that, we were still very defensive, weren't we? Harry, like it was, that was still the basis of our game, yeah. and we were just hoping for the guys up front to do something. And I think they it was did. The same on the Pulis as well. We kind of basically sit back for most of the game and just give the ball to Balassi or it was punching back then, wasn't it? Just, just yeah. kind of break forward and try and create something. What do you guys? What do you prefer? Do you, would you prefer? Cause obviously, we, we we had Pardew come in. We all thought, here we go, putting the ball at risk and being Mavericks and stuff. And clearly, it didn't work out. Yeah. So, what would you rather Palace do? Well, I think. Between comparing Pardew to someone like Pulis, I feel like Hodgson's the perfect balance because mm. we can be <coughs> pragmatic and defensive when we want to be and we can be very attacking when we want to be. And even though we let in two sloppy goals the other day, we're, we're still winning games. Mm-hmm. But we showed that games like Burnley at home and Huddersfield, we can yeah. sit back and keep clean sheets when we need to. Yeah. It did feel a little That's bit... Fair. It was a bit like old-timey Pardew when his tactics were simply to... Get a bugler to shout charge, <laughs> and everyone pile forward. It felt a little bit like that in the first twenty-five minutes, but it was fucking exciting. It's really <laughs> thrilling, was it? It was just fantastic for the first twenty twenty-five minutes. I knew but that because I wasn't there. I knew it'd be good. I knew well, that's, also, that's why I'm slightly surprised. Again. <laughs> I'm slightly surprised by you talking about it being flat because I mean that. It's only because I listened to the post-match pod that Andy uh, Selzy and Tony did, and they this were what, the post-match what? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what they're like on the post-match pods are always kind of more sort of. Yeah, and sort of down to earth and kind of a bit more level headed. And the impression I got from that game, that pod was okay, yeah, it was Brighton and we won, but you know, actually, yes, we could have thrown it away and it was a back to the wall thing. And it, because it didn't quite have the kind of euphoria I thought it would have. I think there's an element of emotional exhaustion at the end, but it's certainly by the time quarter past five came, there was plenty of mm. euphoria. I mean, the atmosphere, the, the last five minutes and the after we and the five minutes after the final whistle went was mm. as as much fun as I can remember it's fantastic I wish I'd been there yeah we all wish you'd <laughs> oh, been yeah. there as well but um, it's I mean striking I mean Hodgson probably is the perfect I think probably even Roy Hodgson it's a bit got a bit carried away in the first half attacking wise but I think when you look at a team like Brighton who clearly whether it's the atmosphere or whether they were worried about the points they weren't they simply weren't up for it in the first 10-15 minutes mm. and if we'd got the third goal I think we probably would have gone on to get Six or seven. Speaking we of which, we, we, some of the attacking football we played in that first 25 minutes as well, the way we knocked it about, it was just like, whoa. Oh, just you have no idea where it came. Ruben Loftus-Cheek at the... That first half was incredible. Well, it was one move. It reminded me of the first few games yeah. he had this season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was one move in particular with Van Arnholt and Wilf, which is like a double one-two. But not a corner flip, which is brilliant. But, <coughs> but I'm surprised... I'm, I'm surprised that's the first time we mentioned Loftus Cheek because I thought he was he was yeah. superb, fantastic. He was. Yeah. I mean, if we can keep him, I think he's the one player of all the players we've got. That I think he's going to be the one that. Hopefully and he's another player. He, well, to be honest, he's another player that's kind of got a bit of the the Wilfie thing that we were talking about earlier. Whereas he's a good player for a, a team like us. But if he goes to a Chelsea, because yeah. whenever he goes back there, he's he, he's not getting in the first team. And you look and you think, actually, to be honest, I'd actually bring off that guy off the bench first. And if Zaha was to go to a team like that, it would probably. And so Loftus Cheek could thrive being at a team like Palace. Yeah. Um, well, it'd be interesting to see if, if if we do play the centre forward on Saturday. It'd be interesting to see who makes way in midfield because uh, you've got to start Loftus Cheek. Well, you don't think. But you, there again, Kabay had a really good game on. When he when he says no one really deserves yeah. to be dropped. No. no. Like we kind of need a focal point. Yeah, another one, another one from most improved. No. Um, <laughs> but he, when he says centre forward, he means like obviously an actual centre forward because Loftus Cheek did play up front like way at. Bournemouth yeah he's sort of withdrawn 
a little, it's another forward signing. Yeah, basically. No, I think he means. I, I think by centre forward, he, he means Benteke is what he means. Yeah. Basically, the way he was talking about him last night. So, which means normally you think Loftus Cheek would be the one who doesn't play, but I just want to see Loftus Cheek slap bang in the middle of the midfield because he carries the ball forward so well. He's so strong. He's two footed. He's got a lot of stick in games earlier in the season for not doing his defensive duties yeah. but mm, Saturday yeah. he, he clearly was he was tracking back yeah. he was winning balls so I think he, he's improved in that area um, I, Travis I've got an apology because uh, someone sent a question in about two months ago that was specifically for you on the pod because you haven't been on yet it's from Tinder wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> I kept it on my notepad and uh, I realised this week that I've lost it so oh. I can only apologise to you and Do you not remember it? No, I can't so remember you've, you've raised the hope <laughs> You've told him there's a question Especially you can't I, I, I feel like I should apologise because well, why didn't you not do the He wouldn't have known Can you not go back, back and check anyway? And even they I've gone back through all the tweets And I just I can't find it So whoever sent that question, make up a question? You know That would have been the decent thing to do Is make up a question Or just no. not mention it Or <laughs> make exactly. up a not mention it no, my, my point is Whoever sent the question in Send it in again in the next out. couple of months he can, um, <laughs> and then he can lose it again when you're on again in six months time then yep. we'll, not, we'll answer the question <laughs> we will astonishing um, okay so this is the, uh, the next question let's though, wrap, wrap up this one please God is from <laughs> Panda Arms again Panda says uh, the Brighton game was the first time I had utter confidence in us getting three points since I forget when although we squeaked over the line what before during or after the yeah. game Panda <laughs> West Brom at home will probably be the next that's very confident when was the last time the pod felt Palace utterly dominated a game when did you feel that confidence uh, personally I think the, the Leicester game I wasn't there I watched, watched it and yeah. we absolutely destroyed them for about 80 minutes of the game yeah. they, had a, they had a brief spell in the middle of it where they got that disallowed goal but consider it as Leicester as well with the players they've got we just dominated completely we yeah. it was only a away game I managed yeah. to make this season as well that was I had a whale of a time in Leicester yeah <laughs> that was no, yeah, we, yeah played really well that was when Sacco was at hit, hit form and he was scoring goals Bakery. yeah Bakery. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah there was a Pardew home game I think Kabai scored I think we only won 1-0 in the end Kabai Southampton? scored Southampton Southampton at home Yeah, the one where Pardew said what was he doing that? For, but for, yeah, yeah. I think Shane Long nearly scored with the last kick of the game but for that oh and Hennessy mm, played a pulled off a yeah good for, save. for 90 minutes of that game it, it, we, we should, it should have been 3 or 4 that was a really good yeah a really good performance yeah it was good dominant performance ok the next question from Martin Walsh Martin, Hi, Martin. Hi, Martin. he says obscure question Claxon <laughs> <laughs> Martin says having not had a player sent off for more than two years well, can anyone rem- remember who it was any idea I've just read the question over yeah, right, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't remember this no. to be honest apparently it was Pap Suare versus Watford in February 2016 crikey no? two years <laughs> really yeah, February, apparently, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I didn't punch and get red for the tackle on De Bruyne or no, was no, it? did, no, did no, he no, just no, get stretched off because he was injured yeah. yeah so anyway really um, can you remember a long... pen- did he give away a penalty swire when he, that happened I genuinely do not remember I, that I feel like it was just a bad challenge like, it was maybe yeah. like too high up the leg or something yeah. surely anyway Martin says can you remember a longer run and who will be the player that breaks this record so who would have been basically the next red I guess um, Dunk, Dunk, Dunk should have been sent off on Saturday. Stephen should have been sent off as well. His tackle on Townsend, even though he got the ball. Was oh, I did see that. Shocking. They didn't even get a free kick. No, no, no. Townsend was yeah. And I thought the ref had been good for most of that. Was that was a shocking. I think Dale Stephen should have got a second yellow. Yeah. 
Bailey Jean because he got um, yeah. he got booked in the first ten minutes I think for yeah. a tackle on Zaha and then um, yeah there was about three or four chances but it always seems to be the case when somebody gets a yellow card in the first half they're just they're, they're reluctant to give the second mm. yellow mm. it almost has to be a straight red card defence in order for them to well, actually get out Manny handballed him I, even I, I can't remember exactly why but I've seen tweets saying that Booker was lucky to stay on the pitch on Saturday oh, really? I think for a he got did he get booked early and then he got someone said early. he did, a, yeah. did something that should have got him sent off he could I be one yeah to I reckon he's to be honest I don't know he's, quite, he's clever he's got the sort of Jedinak sort of it's, he tends on the edge and yeah but I mean Sacco's the most likely one of his of course, mistakes yeah. is going to get yeah going to get punished <laughs> you think well I just PVA I feel like PVA's got a bit of a streak in him yeah, he's a bit of devil in end him end of season as well yeah. things go out the window you yeah exactly they just want a few days <laughs> off don't they <laughs> how many yellow cards does Patrick get he doesn't PVA yeah he doesn't pick up a doesn't lot Patrick I've never, I've never called him Patrick <laughs> <laughs> I've never <laughs> done that very <laughs> <laughs> was the question was the question I don't from know Patrick? I don't was know missing question from Patrick that was really Maybe. weird. Maybe. <laughs> that was Maybe. really weird. Um, next question is from Luke O. Hi, Luke. Hi, Luke. Says, is Kevin still planning on swimming through a certain lake or is he confident in his bet now? I don't even... What, what was the bet? I can't even remember. I'd, the last time I, I promised to swim naked through Fort Heath Pond was if we beat Man United, but I don't recall... People keep coming up to me and putting words into my mouth. They're just sp- desperate to see clearly, naked Kevin. Yeah, you, yes. <laughs> it's become a thing now, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little, but uh, it will happen one day. Probably with Harry Howes' dad. He's two or three times in Poland. Got. <laughs> um, actually, so there was a question on PVA that I missed, actually, from Robbie Scotcher. Hi, Robbie. Hi, Robbie. He says, last week on the Anfield Rap podcast, uh, they described our left side of PVA and Wilf as one of the best in, in the top of the... Best one of the top in the league. Uh, what are the pod's thoughts on this, and particularly PVA season? That's quite high praise. No, to really. be honest, really high praise. They, you've Good got pod. Sane at um, uh, City with whoever he plays. They don't really have a left back, do they? Yeah, they yeah. They got. Then you got who, who? In fact, there's not many. It was Robertson mm. and Mane. Robertson and Mane. Yeah, that's Robertson. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then no. In fact, do you know what? Yeah, I can see that. No, we are. We're good. A couple of times as well. Loftus cheek tends to the look on your face. Attacking wise, but I mean defensively, it can be a bit suspect at times. These days, not really a left winger. He's more of a he's playing more centrally. Second striker with a centre midfielder out there, MacArthur or Loftus cheek. But the times when Loftus cheek drifts to the left, which he tends naturally to do, we got Zaha, Loftus cheek, and. PVA, that yeah, is a yeah. really strong left side. But I think, I mean, we touched on it earlier, but I think it does indicate how much of an improvement the PVA's made yeah. this season. He's yeah. been... Mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember doing pods saying, well, we should probably drop him and Schlupp's a better left back. Well, oh, that was around the Bristol City game, wasn't it? When... Probably, yeah, yeah. Well, the point where we were even talking about if Suarez was to come back and be fit, yeah. would he would he be able to claim yeah. his place back at one point? They both were playing quite badly. They were like alternating games, I think. Well, Schlupp's about a week away, apparently, from oh, is he? being considered for the first team, So, but he wouldn't put him back in at the moment he's definitely yeah. an option though off the bench yeah. like a bit more energy yeah and he can play well. on, yeah. the, on the wing as yeah. well he can offer that um, ok so next question is from Idaho Green hi Idaho, Idaho Green and they say how important do you think the lack of a toxic locker room presence has been for Palace's survival I think it's been grossly underrated this year and it's definitely been an issue for bottom three teams well it seemed like it was for West Brom, it's astonishing yeah. the way West Brom have publicly talked Definitely. about how unsettling and unstable an influence Pardew was. Mm. I, I, it's hard to talk. I mean, West Ham, there are indications it's not, an, not a happy dressing room, but 
It's funny because oddly enough, this came up last. Ray Lewington was talking last night about what a happy dressing room it was and how they haven't got any natural shouters, but Luca's the natural leader, and everyone looks to Luca. But he said it's a, it's a, for as far back as he can remember. He said it's a, a group of players who seem to really get on. Well, it must make a. I mean, Travis, you've played football at decent levels. It must make a. Yeah. Do you accommodate if you've got somebody in the in the dressing room who's a bit of a dick but is a good player? Do you accommodate him? Do you, how, is it always going to be cliques in the dressing room? Or? I mean, it's too. So well, if you've got someone that's going to get annoyed with someone who's a dick, then tell him to pipe down. But then if you've got someone who's a dick in the team and everyone else is okay with that and yeah. can let it slide, it's all. It's too too deep of a question. Does it, but does it make a difference to you? I, I mean, a, a, a good a good uh, morale in the team, like I've always said, and good confidence within the team always goes a long way. And once you get people bickering and falling out, then of course mm. thing, things um, aren't going to go as smoothly. But I don't think there necessarily needs to be one leader that everyone looks towards. I think the one thing that does happen in our team, you get a lot of. Um, you always see Wilf. Uh, Sacco, Kabai, they everyone just seems to uh, have. There's groups in our team, groups of friends and groups of mates. And I'm sure they they don't all get along at all times, but well, they, those three they all speak French, don't they? So yeah, well, there's yeah. They, they, we do have a big. Um, well, that was Pardew brought in a lot of French yeah. speaking people, wasn't it? But no, the French they all seem to hang along together at Palace. I don't know. They, I don't know. But you can see West Brom looks such a, a just a much happier, more comfortable team with Darren Moore in charge than they ever yeah. were. I mean, I think it's different when it's coming. Obviously, you, I, I guess you're always going to have groups of players who don't like each other. But when, it, when it's the manager who's making it toxic, that's a completely different yeah. scenario, isn't it? I guess. But I mean, I, clearly, you look at the Stoke game the other night, and you can see one or two players like Shakiri who just not happy with the rest of his teammates and not doing the the, the chasing and the running you'd expect him to. And make, the fact that Benteke has been so slated this season as well, when Zaha scored that header, the first person he ran up to was Benteke. Yeah, so yeah, you know, it's yeah, not yeah, like teams point. of you know they, they, arguments happen when players aren't playing well, and yeah. that's always a good sign because really good point. Players can turn on other players they think aren't you know pulling their way. In fact, that's did, true. Yeah. And there's you don't get any of that. And by Benteke's standard this season, you know you would have just um, on Shakiri. We've got a question about him from Chris Emmanuel. Hi, Hi Chris. Chris. So there's a rumour about Shakiri coming to Palace in the summer. Would you be happy with this transfer? Do you think we can help him realise the potential that made him one of the most sought-after youngsters in the world only a few years ago? Does it feel like a right fit? I well, love Shakiri. Yeah, 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 he's one of those who wouldn't say no. Player. I don't I know, say know much about his character, but well, oddly enough, it, it, it's a shame Ed's not on this podcast because he and I bickered nearly all the way through the Stoke West Ham game the other night because I said I would absolutely take Shakiri, and mm. he was like, no, not having it. It's too precious. He's too. Everything's about him. Mm-hmm. He's not a team player, but he's such a skill. I mean, if you put him in a team with some of the players we've got, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, he's exactly the sort of player we're kind of lack, lacking. That sort of somebody who can pick mm. a lock and put a pass. And people would have said that about Will a few years ago, and he's shown that yeah, he can true. knuckle down. I would, I would absolutely take the right him environment. Well. I think. Yeah. What we've been. I know we haven't really played that formation this year, but what we've been lacking the last few years is someone that to sit behind the striker. Yeah. And just create like a kind of David Silva role yeah. mm-hmm. I think Shakira would be perfect for that the last player to do that for us was punch him mm. Mm. A, few, a few years back and then he you know he hasn't done much the past couple of seasons but you know, the, the season we got to the FA Cup final when he, when he was scoring all the free kicks mm. yeah. the season before that as well yeah. he, he, was, did, he played that role perfectly yeah. and we have missed that ever since yeah we have I we think Shakira's a huge upgrade to punch him so mm. 
Well, Shakiri's a, a huge upgrade for anyone outside the top six. He's one of those yeah, players. And right, he is yeah. one of the top players outside the top six. And, you know, could that then have a, an effect on Zaha thinking he's not the star of the team? You know, all, the, all these little things. I don't, but, you know. more comes into it than just players and positions. Well, it'd be interesting to see whether Shakiri wants to stay in English football Full stop, Full stop yeah. basically, because he, he, he's never looked entirely comfortable with, even though he's clearly strong, he's never looked, he does spend a lot of time sitting on his bum looking at the ref, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that, would, but I think in a, in, a, in a team of other creative players, he'd be, I'd be more inclined to think he'd go abroad somewhere, to be perfectly honest, but he's I a think, great player. I think you're probably he's right. He's a great player. Um, but we'll be linked to him. I'd definitely not say no. The three teams that are going down, everyone's going to be linked with yeah, yeah. most of their squads. And there is a lot, actually, we're just saying off there, aren't we? There's yeah. a lot of, Talent, talent, talent in those yeah. five, maybe ten players that you probably yeah. want in your squad. Yeah, Jay Rodriguez, I've taken a heartbeat from. Mm. Oh, definitely. Nathan Redmond, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Like a third. Oh, no, Red, we were linked with Redmond as well. Yeah, yeah, I would have taken. Take Dawson from as well. West Brom. If Van Arnold wasn't playing so well, I would have taken Bertrand as well. Bertrand's a great player. Anyway, okay. Next question. Who's Snodgrass? No, he's at Villa this year. Yeah, yeah. He's watching, watching their live. Who was their live game against on Sunday? Leeds was it? Don't know. Maybe. He should have been sent off twice. It's just four blatant dives. Really? And at one stage, the referee had a word. In one stage, I can't remember. I mean, Jednet. You can see Jednet talking to him, saying, "What are you doing? Get up!" <laughs> this is ludicrous. And it's like you'd think if any player had learnt his lesson, it'd be clearly it'd not be him. Okay, Bex has a question. Hi, Bex. Hi, Bex. She says, uh, "How much has Kevin already moaned about the heat?" <laughs> well, oddly enough, I'm the only one who hasn't so far. Yeah, Mr. J. J. I wish I wore my Hawaiian shorts. No, I will moan about. <laughs> I've got the Hawaiian shorts. I was. I was. Get yeah, now, I was. I was away today, but I will. I will be. From now, the moaning will start properly. Tomorrow it's going to be very hot. Apparently. Don't. Yeah. I've still got a jumper on. Thursday, apparently. Really? Uh, How have you got a jumper on? Because I don't run, concede anything to the heat. I'm not going to let. <laughs> it, I'm, not, I'm not letting. It <laughs> That's not a competition. It is. I'm not. Gonna let, I'm not letting the heat see me wear a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks it's one then. I'm not okay. Well, look, on the theme of summer, then and this might not be a question for you. I don't know, but on the theme of summer, Lewis Wilmot. Hi, Lewis. Hi, Lewis. Says cucumber in G and T pims both or neither. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I love cucumber. No, you, you're answering. You're answering Pims in G and T. That's what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll eat cucumber and I'll have it in G and T. I'll have it in Pims. Yeah. I think there's. there's I've no never f- seen you eat cucumber. I've known you for a long time. Me in your house, Kevin. That's true. But I've known you since you were a baby. I've never seen you eat cucumber. <laughs> I'm a big cucumber fan. Really? I put a cucumber in most drinks. Well, if we've taken something away from tonight, it's Harry House. Yeah, I don't, gin, gin, gin makes me maudlin, so I don't drink it. But obviously, in pims, you have to have. Of course, you do. Yeah, it's yeah, one of your five you a day do. as well. <laughs> you don't do anything with it. You just look at it. You know, <laughs> no. um, Travis, you, you, I don't. You're more a slice of lime in the soul. Beer man, aren't you? I imagine. Um, I, like, I like a grapefruit in my G and T, and I wouldn't drink Pims. So mm. there we go. You've, you've come a long way from Halifax, haven't you? <laughs> right? Grapefruit in the G and T. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I introduced my mum to that last year. Grapefruit in G and T's. Yeah. Well, wow. so with all the citrusy fruits, they all work. Yeah. yeah. Grapefruit. Yeah. Oh, I might try that. No. Right, the next question is from Harold. Don't get this on the Hi, Anfield. Hi, Harold. Hi, Harold. Harold <laughs> says, I spoke to a West Brom supporting friend about Roy and his subs. This was his response. Didn't make them until the game had gone. And when he did make them, they were invariably wrong. Oh, that rhymes. Is this a cause for concern for the future? Interesting that it's the same same theme of what we've been saying. Yeah, it is. I mean, he was... He, this question was put to him last night. It riled him a little bit. Because he's, he's, he, he's quite good at answering the different, different questions sometimes, Roy. 
Leroy. He's he's quite cute that way. And he talked about for the most part of the season not having players to bring on. But I think there's there's two questions. He's I think he is good when we're losing. He he does make changes. It's when we're winning that he doesn't tend to yeah tend to sort of shore things up and he sort of he, he sort of skated around that bit of that the bit of the question but he just talked about attacking substitutions last night saying he had very limited options but but he he made subs on Saturday hmm. he brought Benteke on I've seen yeah. I've seen people kick off saying Benteke wasn't good when he came on but clearly when he came on he didn't come on as a striker to get another goal he came on to be an outlet to soak up the pressure what, what, and it, it didn't help that every time Hennessy kicked it as Head, it went out for a throw. Well, it, yeah, it, 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 interesting because that's exactly what Roy Hodgson said after the game. He says that it, it, apart from score, he said Benteke did everything I asked him to do, mm-hmm. and it, and Roy Hodgson was talking last night about how he thinks Benteke has been badly coached, either at Palace or other clubs, because mm-hmm. he said he's got. He, he said we're having to teach him from scratch about defending. He said he's doing all the things I asked him to do off the ball, defensive-wise. It's just he's, he's having a very long bad patch. I mean, that is that but, is fairly incredible for a player that's 27 or 28. Yeah, but he's always, relied, uh, you know, most managers, I'm sure, said to him, get to the back post and get your head on the ball and we'll, yeah, we'll put the crosses in. Yeah. But he brought Riedewald on on... on Saturday, which is exactly the right thing to do at the right time. So that kind of went a bit unnoticed on, on Saturday. He made, I thought, decent changes. Mm-hmm. And Riedewald, you forget Riedewald's only twenty-one. He's a definitely one, for, but he 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 helped soak up a bit of pressure when do, he came. Do, on. Um, yeah. I, I find that point about Benteke not really knowing how to defend really interesting. And I think Travis, we have seen this season that he has improved on that. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if we're talking about maybe Roy as the first manager who's coached him, that we've definitely that's seen what, an that's improvement. That's what he's saying. That. Basically, it's what he's implying that he's yeah. the first one. He's well, it's, he, it's worked. He's always been. He has been always suspect on corners. You bring him back because he's the big man up top, and he can, he can well he can win a header against anyone in the league. But mm. there has been times where he is at the front post. So just well, we just stick him at the front post, and we just go right, do that, do your job. We don't get him to mark anyone because mm. he used to lose a man a lot of times in the box. Well. Sacco didn't do much of a bad job on the weekend. But, um, no, he's uh, giving him the task that he can do well are things that, yeah, managers just ask. So he seems to ask too much of players when they have physical physical abilities like he does, especially mm-hmm. ones in the air, and you just expect that they can do that where, you know, he wants to be the one running on and attacking a ball rather yeah. than trying to track a man. This is an interesting question from Nighty. Hi, Nighty. Who says, after spending the season being more scared of crosses than Dracula, Wayne Hennessy <laughs> caught several on Saturday and very confidently. Where's his sudden ability come from? Is Dean Kiley the one to credit? <sighs> the timing I would suggest... Uh, when did he come in? About January? Um, Just we, after We had him on the pod, didn't we? No, we had him on the... Do he... Came, I interviewed him for the pod when Roy came in. But that was before he joined. And that joined. was before he joined. But I think he joined not long after. So maybe just no, before just Christmas? Quite, or just either before or just after Christmas. Yeah. But yeah maybe that's it could mm. be, because maybe we've been putting it down to having a settled centre-back pairing. But maybe it's that. It could well be, because he's a very well-respected. Because Roy's got a, his complete West Brom team with him now, hasn't he? That he Stephen Reid. Yeah. And Dean Dino. And Dean Kiley. Yeah. But I thought that was Hennessy's best game of the season yeah. on Saturday, all the way through. And it's, like, it's almost a shame Andy's obviously delighted that Harry <laughs> Howe's daily starts here, but it would have been nice to get Andy wow. Streets. If he keeps up for a couple of games, yeah. maybe we can put it down to good coaching. But it's it's just a good game at the end of the day, really. It's nothing. If it continues four or five, then maybe you can uh, say it's down to coaching. It's, it's, it, that's why it's an interesting question, because it's all the things that we've been moaning about he was better at. Mm-hmm. Coming off his line, catching the ball, mm-hmm. 
certainly reaction saves. He made a couple of really good reaction mm-hmm. saves. So the one that he punched out long distance, it came back, and he was unsighted. That was a great stop. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's uh, it's weird. Like I mentioned a minute ago, his normally the only thing people can really give him credit for is his kicking mm. and everything else he does badly. <laughs> and it was kind of opposite on Saturday, where every every kick went out into touch, but everything else was perfect. Like like you said, that save, the volley near the end yeah. was unreal. And then at the end, after that, he was kind of screaming at Luca, saying, yeah. why didn't you block it? Although if Andy Street was here, I feel obliged to say he would say it wasn't unreal. It was a goalkeeper doing what he has to do in his professional <laughs> no, it's unreal job. But, because you wouldn't expect... But it was a great, no, it was a great state, yeah, because he was unsighted but as well. how so. big he is, and he got but down was, so quickly. I thought it was interesting as well that the back four were really quick to... to Praise him and talk to him mm. all the way through the game, which again is difficult. That's an interesting point about Dean Carley. Very interesting. I think it is only fair as well, considering that we are not just us on this podcast, but a lot of people online and stuff are very quick to hammer Hennessy when he makes mistakes. But when he has a good game, it's only fair that we recognise that. I think it's also only fair to point out that you talk to most other Palace fan, uh, most other football fans, you go, oh, Hennessy's had a terrible season. They they don't notice. Mm. He's just a, a, one of the sort of many anonymous Premier League goalkeepers as far as they're concerned neither particularly brilliant or particularly mm-hmm. particularly bad um, okay speaking of particularly bad this question from Kieran hi Kieran Kieran Wright underscore <coughs> says um, how badly do we need to replace our bench in the summer to start building on our survival and not be in a relegation battle every year the one thing that's going to affect us is some of, some of the players getting to the age they're getting at yeah Kabais and MacArthur's they were, you know, they, there comes a season where they're playing right now, but their legs will just go mm-hmm. overnight. It's like it's what happened to Punchin. Yeah, well, Kabai, he, he can't last 90 minutes anymore. And he does the job while he's there, but you need to start thinking about those things. You don't play, so suddenly we'll run out of contracts and move to teams lower down the leads. We not not have re- replacements there. Mm-hmm. And you also want ones that can come on and change the game. I think we have actually had that this season, but we just had so many injuries, it hasn't been evident mm. for the majority of the time. But... I mean, you can't legislate or plan for the injuries we've had, Harry, this season. We've talked about that before. But in a way, can Palace learn from that this season? Be like, okay, look, we had a terrible season for injuries. Maybe actually we we plan a bit better for next season and get make sure we've got two or three options in every position. Yeah, 100%. I've said it before. We've always said that we've we've got a very strong first eleven, and we need to improve the squad depth. But if you consider who's out of contract and people like Loftus-Cheek and... Fossu Mensa going back, we're gonna our squad's gonna be very thin. Yeah. Mm. So not only we do do we need to bring in quality players, we need to bring in depth so that we haven't got Chung Yong Lee as our first option as sub. Poor Changi. <laughs> well, we've got the thing is you we can't have if you've got twelve players injured, you can't have three options because you you can't have players in the squad. Yeah. Going into the season so, though, the only yeah. three positions I can really think of are players that can't come on and do a job we, we didn't have another right back we wouldn't have anyone no one else to really put in goal unless you know yeah. you can argue Speroni would be and we didn't have another centre forward obviously mm-hmm. but I think we were fine in the middle of, in the middle of the park fine at centre back I mean it showed to see the amount of injuries we've had at centre back we've had all of them played multiple games and they've all done a decent job so mm-hmm. I think they've all been out haven't they yeah, yeah. they've all at been out for times and they've all come in and had good spells yeah. Tonkins especially but in, in centre midfield as well I don't think you could argue that we, we lacked any depth there and on the wings Bakri Sacco could always come out and do a job he's out of contract as well though is he would, would you renew him because he's, he's <laughs> but I, I think he's at, the, he's at that age now. is he I think he's 29 30 Bakri, and the, the injury yeah. just had, he's just had Wolf his fans are desperate for him to come back as well. oh, of course they are yeah. well, this time, well this time last year I should remind you that yeah. Bakri Sacco was one of those players along with Chung Young Lee that we were saying yeah. for the love of God we have, great, yeah. we have to get him so, out of the squad what's, what we're doing and he had one of those I'm out of contract I need to 
Well, that's Get a new contract. contract well, we got and then nine, chill out again. Nine players out of contract. Some of that, which yeah. shouldn't really be allowed to happen. I mean, the fact is, you look at our bench in the last three or four games. Isn't that it's quite an impressive bench? It's improved apart against from the fact that two of them are on. Yeah, are on low, but and I think we need. I do think we need another midfield option. I think we need a, an attacking, creative midfielder to, to bring on. Mm-hmm. We certainly need another striker. The, it'd be interesting if Villa come out as I think Villa's the one scenario where Benteke might go to another English club that's interesting yeah would they be able to afford him we'd want 30 million I don't think I think his wages would be an issue I think I, I, my own my personal belief and the noise is coming out in the club is that Benteke would want to stay at Palace and mm-hmm. have a good season but we do that, I was one of the people who moaned a lot about the lack of depth in the squad but when you think about it logically 12 Twelve inches is unprecedented. I mean, so you yeah. can't legislate yeah. for that, and you, yeah. you've only got a twenty. Well, you can legislate for having one player short in the squad, which was unforgivable. We only had twenty-four yeah. instead of twenty-five. That's yeah. that can't happen. But if you've got twelve players out of twenty-five, you're in a. Well, then you're looking yeah. at youngsters because the youngsters well, don't include it. But then you're yeah. risking. And, then, and again, but it's again, this is something that Hodgson talked about over the weekend when people talk about other options. You know, either other one Bissaka. He said, "Yeah, there's loads of good young players in, but you, in an ideal situation." You put them in for the last four games when you're safe from relegation. You can't just pluck them out of the. You know, he talked about James Daly saying he's, you know, he's not probably not ready for the under 23s at mm-hmm. the age of 19, let alone the first teams. But, but he's, he's doing very, he's doing very yeah, well. But you have to have somebody on the bench. But we do need. It's the trouble is, it's like Steve Parry said when he was on the pod. It's just easier said than done. It's fine for us to go. We have to get better players in all these positions. But everyone, there's 20 teams in the Premier League who want better players and in those positions and there's agents all over Europe who know that Premier League teams can can spend money can, have got money to spend just like. want to pick on Sacco on Bakary and you just sort of mentioned Chungi if Bakary can turn it around like you said you know he was one of the players we should get rid of can Chungi turn it around there's never been many glimpses of mm. Chung Young Lee when Bakary Sacco first came he scored he, in his first few games yeah, he had a yes. big part in the Chelsea game yeah. and the yeah the first yeah the first couple of games you know he always had that in his lock but he just it never came out and then of course he's hit another good patch again mm-hmm. but I've never seen anything from Chung Young Lee that's mm. ever yeah, given me any games, hope that he's going to yeah even in cup games like lower position he hasn't really yeah. shone when you'd expect him to control a game well it didn't considering help considering he was like the best player in the championship yeah, yeah, exactly. well it didn't help that he started the Burnley game and gave a goal away within that, I mean that three minutes that but it's interesting with Chelsea because everybody at the club talks really highly of him talk about how well he does in training what a nice man he is how professional he is but obviously not nice and professional enough to get a game even when we had 12 players short it's just he was still getting, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you wonder what goes through his he's head he's the only one that hasn't been injured well that's season. what I mean but you wonder what goes through his head if he's thinking well I can't get a game when they're desperate, we've only got one fit strike, and I still can't get a game. You must wonder what's. Yeah, he'll be off. What's that? Yeah, well, I've been saying that for two years. It's like again, you know, if Bolton stay up. They, they would want him. They, they, they seem to really like him. But mm. from his own ego point of view, right, dropping back two divisions is money as well. And money as well. So, okay, final question then for this pod is from Simon Quick. Hi, Hi Simon. Simon. Simon Quick. Simon. Simon Quick. He says. Um, is one more win enough? I'm not sure we even need one more win. That's more than, mm. I, think, more than ooh, okay. yeah. I think one more draw, but the, the, what is it, a seven-point gap? I think Yeah. I think it'd be... Is it? Yeah. I, yeah with, it's ridiculous that they could catch us. I don't want to tempt fate, but I think we'd, we could easily... We're not going to lose every game. We could easily stay up if we lost every game now. 
Six, six points, yeah. So with our, but our goal crazy. difference is so much better than Stokes. Mm. So that's and you got and the two of the game, yeah, two of the games you got Stoke, to play teams in the bottom Stoke three anyway. So three games, are we? I reckon, I reckon we could relegate Stoke when we play them. Yeah. Possibly if they, you know, have yeah. a, a, a draw a game and a still sort of, I reckon we could. It's the second to last game of the season, isn't it? Bearing in mind, Stoke have got Swansea to play as well. Mm. Have they? So We've also got West Brom to play. Swansea play Southampton as well. I think. Yeah. Blimey. And there's no logic. And I, I, again, this is uh, this is a newfound optimism for me, which has come from Street. It's like when you look at the stats, it's like once again Saturday. Our record against teams outside the top six is really, really good. So there's no logic to think that we're not going to get any more points for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And when Southampton haven't won a game in 18, it is now. There's no logic to to, to think that they'll suddenly win three games on the on the spin. Same with Stoke. Why would they? They both lost four games. Yeah. You, you look at the. The, the current form were actually quite good and yeah. the, and the, stat, the yeah. percentage now is 1.2% or something yeah. but also you look at I mean the Stoke West Ham game and that's two poor teams but you look at the way Southampton fold, and Mark Hughes said this himself the way Southampton folded yeah. after that first goal went in it's just it, ball, it defies yeah. logic that they're going to win three games yeah. it really does and that's the it. fact that Stoke and Swansea got to play each other Huddersfield it's really hard to see them getting any more point. points yeah. if we beat Watford we'll be above, we'll go above them yeah Brighton yeah. as well yeah Brighton well, you already said that often before last yeah. night as well though but but Tottenham I think I think, Tottenham, I think yeah, yeah. Lose these blurs have got a point or two left in them yeah but, but so have we yeah we've we've got, now, yeah I, mean, I think yeah. I think three more points will definitely do it and it, it might be three more draws it does and we have all, yeah. we have been playing well in all those in the tough running we've had that a lot of clubs below us are now going to have we've yeah. played mm. relatively well in all of them and could have easily in hands at nick points from numerous so as Probably soon as you apply that well, we, to a team like Brighton you're going to run right for half we an talked hour about like the, the last six games minus Liverpool so we talked about from so Bournemouth onwards so it's the last six games sorry but yeah. Huddersfield was before Liverpool but we beat Huddersfield remember but then the last six games we talked on the pod about six or seven points from those games will keep us up we've got four already yeah mm. uh, no. I don't want to confuse Kevin but I saw something earlier Based on expected goals, I think we'd be we'd be seventh in the league. So it's, it's, I, think I, know, I know you're yeah. in Andy Street's chair, but just, uh, <laughs> apparently Ben Cech is the second top goal scorer in but the league. Based as well. on expected goals, Burnley <laughs> would be that's so far down as well. They still don't ridiculous. They, yeah. Yeah. I don't it's know where they'd be, but well, that's just but, an indication, isn't it? Of that's just in how you're playing and it's an indication of made up nonsense it's just <laughs> let's, we haven't got time let's not get on to another expected goals let, let, let's wrap it up there thank you very much for your questions uh, everyone that sent them in sorry we couldn't read them all out um, after the break we're going to preview Palace's trip to Watford on Saturday Welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod 253, sponsored by Vector Printing. For your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Nice. <laughs> um, right, so Palace play Watford at the weekend at Vicarage Road. Um, we've had a question about the game from Vespa Steve. Hi, Vespa. Hi, Vespa. He says, after the high of Brighton... Will we be complacent for Watford? Will we all be in meltdown again if we lose? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's kind of just part of no. the course, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. no. That's brought the mood down, Vesper, isn't it? 
I mean, you hope they won't be complacent, you know. Yeah. I don't think they'll be complacent. You know, I don't think Zaha won't be complacent. It'll be as up for that game, yeah. considering the stick he gets every time he goes to. They, they hate, they hate him because it was he got got yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> he got that legitimate penalty, didn't he, in the uh, playoffs? Very, yeah. very yeah. legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Troy Deeney seems to have a thing about Palace, doesn't he? He doesn't like us. Yeah, I think about everyone as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't no, think they'll be complacent. No. There's been a lot. Of, yeah. I think Tompkins did an interview after saying, "Like we still, we're still focused. We still need to get." Uh, one more I think he's a one more win and one more draw mm-hmm. so I think they'll be well up for it Hodgson obviously is not going to let them relax mm-hmm. so I, I don't think there'll be complacency there maybe from the fans but Watf- Watford's form isn't particularly good going into it and they'll know that if we beat them we go above them mm-hmm. uh, Harry yeah. and I won't be complacent because it's his dad's birthday so <laughs> currently we're meeting at half eight in the eights is one cool Thanks, Andy. I can't actually make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I assume when I got the message saying we're the half eight yates, I thought it was an early kickoff, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I can't see. There's always a bit of needle in games against. There is Watford. Yeah, I mean they must be really upset that we've beaten them two games running at Sellers with one shot on target <laughs> over two games. They're, they're, yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's the forming of a little rivalry, isn't it? In a way, yeah, they definitely don't like us. They need someone yeah. to latch onto, don't yeah. they? <laughs> semi-final FA Cup as well do you hate Watford? Um, I don't I I don't don't, don't hate them but I mean I hate the hatred they have for us for (laughs) no reason if you know it's yeah it's more of one of those confusing ones yeah well, it's, hopefully it's, that'll play in our favour. I mean, if if, yeah. if the players are aware of that, if it winds up, the, if the crowd are getting mm-hmm. on their players back from the start, mm-hmm. it will give our players a bit of impetus, a bit of lift. Wilf you always hope, yeah. You hope they will yeah. roll, Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate Watford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, back in uh, was it two thousand and five? Was it two thousand and six when they beat us in the playoffs? Ashley Young. Yeah, yeah. me and my cousin Ooh. we used to go around to my granny's house every Wednesday, and we went we went a football manager, and we used to become Watford manager. I just find Ashley Young for no reason. Marlon King, sell him. Oh, I've forgotten how it beat us 3 0 at Sellers, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they stuffed us, didn't they? In yeah, the they first did. half, yeah. You've had the better of them recently. Yeah. We have, haven't we? Yeah. Are we, yeah. Are, are, are we, are we their bogey team? Now, in a way. So, I won't call us a bogey so, team, but we always, seem to, we always seem to meet them whenever they get anywhere. Do you know, if they get into Epic, oh, Palace, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that from what I can gather, their fans aren't happy at the moment. Anyway, no. another managerial change, and it kind of they've almost unnoticed slipped down the table a little bit because they were sort of mm. doing a mini Burnley at one stage. They were sort of up around. Well, they're in, they're in fourth around Christmas time, I think. Well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, might, it might have not been around Christmas, but di- no, maybe going up, into December or something. Yeah, slide when they they got rid yeah. of silver. Yeah. But. Oh yeah. Okay, on the game itself, John Bullen. Hi, John. Hi, John. Says who starts against Watford, Ward or AWB. I think um, well again, know, it depends on who, is it who should start or who will start because I, I think suspect he who should but I think Roy's natural tendency would to be to stick with mm, the winning will. side I suspect yeah. he will and he's, he's done that when he's earlier in the season when yeah. he's changed the goalkeeper he tends to keep at it for like yeah. five or six he, games yeah. he doesn't just yeah. pick one and then change and Ward will be another week of training and fitness mm. I suspect I suspect AWB will be Starting as soon as we're safe would be my. You hope so, don't you? You don't want to sort of yeah. stunt his development, no. Travis. Because he's done so well, you kind of want him to keep getting that. Give momentum. A false sense of false sense of hope because it was only uh, well a week or so ago. He just goes, well, the, the place is his unless he loses it, and it's mm. one, one mistaking thing, and that's all I've yeah. all I've really, done. Did, enough. Really lo- did he lose it from that mistake? Oh, it wasn't I don't really know exactly yet. Yeah, it's wars now come in, like you said, it's coming and walks into a winning team. Mm. 
albeit made a made a mistake <laughs> in the, in the game. But um, I I think I think uh, Ward will start again. Yeah. I mean, how much of Bournemouth have got to, to necessarily play for themselves though? Because. I mean, yeah, yeah Watford. Well, oh, yeah, you'd imagine. I think they were. They were considered. They're on I think. I think they were, they were right. So you know, is it is it a game where you think you might have your, your backs yeah. against the wall because you've got a, a team um, like Brighton that are just going to float a load of balls into the box and really go at it, or is it going to be a team that's going to be a bit more relaxed? I don't think yeah. they will be relaxed. I don't think they'll want to go below us. No. Yeah, I suppose. And I think they'll be saying that you know they'll make, they'll make all the right noises about how thirty-seven is not quite enough and. Well, if you're on no. 37 with four games to go, you're looking at 40 just to kind of like yeah. round it off. Yeah, but we, could, we could get to 40. Yeah, easily. But I easily. think 37 will be more than enough to keep. Speaking on that, Brummy Allen. Hi, Brummy. Hi, Brummy. Says, do we think we can win all our last four games? Uh, realistically, we, we we won't, but we could. <laughs> we, they're all they're all winnable. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, you wouldn't say we we will, but yeah, we could. It wouldn't could. be surprising. Yeah. You can see Pat's going on a little run towards the end of the season. Hmm. Okay, well, I can't it'd be, it'd be the right time for it to. I'll take that. I'll take that. But yeah, if Andy was here, he'd go back to the statistics. Oh, no, well, no, but, but but they had been remarkably consistent. We 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 tend not to lose to teams outside the top six, and we're playing four teams outside the top six. So mm. I can see us. I can see maybe not losing. Or, and the, no. the four teams we're playing, we beat three of them and drawn with one of them. Draw, the season, yeah, so yeah. Nothing to fear. And, two, and in theory, two of them could be down by the time we play them anyway. Yeah, Stoke, Stoke and West Brom. So. Yeah, I'd be more worried about West Brom now, having seen them against Man U. But then, by then, uh, the, the, hopefully, by then, the, the sheer them. reality of what's happened will, yeah. then they'll play have a couple of kids. And but uh, yeah, we're, I agree with the index. I can't see us. <laughs> the first time you've ever agreed with an index. Well, uh, yeah, especially when it says we've got a one percent chance of going down. I like that. <laughs> I like those odds. Um, good. Okay. Well, listen. That's a positive part to end the preview on. I think for that we could do a couple of questions around the World Cup, which I'm going to chuck in from Terry Lee. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Says which past or present Palace player will have the best World Cup this summer? I'm going for Moses, or could it be Jedi? I think they're the only past or present Palace players playing. I think Loftus Cheek. Loftus Cheek. Oh, of course. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he'll go? I think Loftus Cheek will be in the squad. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. I, I can't imagine he'll play much, but he'll definitely be, he'll be in the, yeah. in the squad. Yeah. Yeah. Serbia not qualified. Don't know. I thought they thought, thought Serbia had qualified. So, oh, Loftus Cheek being I mean, uh, yeah, I think presumably that would put. Oh, yeah. Serbia have qualified. Yeah, so yeah, I think Loftus. The only time if Loftus Cheek has a good World Cup, that will put another five, ten million on his. So Batshuayi's just broken his leg. So Benteke will probably be in the squad now. Oh, he will be. Then, yeah, yeah, he will be. That'd yeah. be ironic if he scored the goal that won the World <laughs> Cup for Belgium. Or uh, you know, Benteke then has a really good summer, and we get a, a few bids coming. Or a good season out of him. Yeah. yeah. Or a good season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go for that. Let's go. Okay. I think that's the most likely scenario with Benteke that he'll want to stay hmm. and prove it. and prove himself. Because I think you know he's he's been remarkably well looked after by the management team, yeah. from what I can gather, and they've not no one's and turned his teammates. And, and things team can completely yeah. change as well from over the course of yeah. over the course of the summer. The way we think when we ended last season with Allardyce, we're thinking, oh, do you know what? Next season we can, you know, we're beating Arsenal. Mm. And Dominating some games in in really weird ways that are quite unlike Allardyce, and then suddenly to get the burr and just see it be completely torn to shreds, everything that had been uh, built and the foundation just get completely changed. No, impalities. you you could, you could no. do that to a player. Just go, it's a clean slate. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's six uh, months, yeah, of a few course, months. The Benteke scenario that we all predicted last week that he comes on and scores two against Brighton didn't happen. Didn't happen. No, makes him <laughs> <us, makes us, laughs> yeah. a hero for the season. 
Final question then is from Quentin Solden. Hello, Quentin. Quentin. He says, what the hell am I going to do to fill the time this summer when there is an FYP podcast void? World Cup slash Eng- England pods? Well, we normally, could do, maybe do we normally do one around the uh, fixture list coming out. We could maybe do a couple of World Cup pods. Oh, that'd be lovely to talk about something other than Palace. <laughs> 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 well, as long as we stay on a really unrelated topic. Do, do mm. one on gardening or something. Yeah. be nice, yeah. Do. We've done cucumber in G and T tonight. Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. a lot to say about cucumbers. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? Salt? Drinking, but no <laughs> cucumbers. Fine. Um, is this something that people on the Daily Star share with you? The cucumbers? Uh, a, no yeah. comment. <laughs> that, remember, we got a question a couple of weeks ago saying how much better the World Cup will be if we stay up. So yeah, already, I'm looking, I am yeah. looking forward to it yeah. far more than I was looking forward to it already. But well, maybe then, if there's a bit of demand, you know, from our listeners, maybe we could do a few World Cup. Well, it's always that fun thing as well of picking out, going, "Oh, we, we should buy him. Definitely yeah. buy him. He looks good." <laughs> yeah. Where's our scouts? Yeah. Let's yeah, do a World Cup one. That'd be great. <laughs> cool. Okay, um, guys, thanks for being on the pod. Welcome. I love yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Good to be back. <laughs> good to Glad be back, to be back. Yeah. Good back on for your hat trick. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, right, listeners, we're back with you after that game against Watford at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll Ooh. get a result that will so keep us up and we can just enjoy the last Is there a pod extra after the game or something? Um, I'm not going to the game, so the main... What? What are you doing? Kev, you game. should do one, just you and my dad. So in the meantime, yeah, take care. See you later. Bye. Podcast Network.